Hey, Desert Breeze Church family, so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what a weekend we have. He is risen. Yes, indeedy, he is. And we want to say to you, thank you so much again. Um, not only just for being here, but also we are so excited of what we're seeing uh, from our church family in this time away that we have. Um, and we just want to say way to go. Uh, we've seen you connect in so many different ways. Thank you so much to our leaders uh, and all of you for just staying connected and doing the things that you're doing to serve one another as uh, we're apart. So what you're doing is uh, super exciting, but it's so encouraging to us leaders. You are being the church, and that's what God calls us to do. So thank you so much for that. Um, as a staff, we are busier than ever. We're doing our best to provide as much content uh, that you have available to you uh, to fill up your extra time and to just stay connected and to continue to binge on Jesus, as we've been saying. So maybe we should do some hashtagging, hashtag binge on Jesus. Um, the content that we're trying to provide is for adults and youth and kids and families and men and women and marriages and just everybody. So take advantage of that. And if we don't have your email or phone number, please call the church office and give it to us if you'd like us to pass that kind of information on to you. The church office's phone number is 602-374-4588. And uh, another thing we want to thank you for is we want to thank you so much for your continued and sacrificial giving. You guys are just knocking it out of the park. Thank you so much. And it is really obvious to us that our church family, their heart's in the right place, and they really appreciate of what God is doing uh, through his church. And it's obvious in your giving. So again, thank you so much for that. Um, I have a little bit of a construction update for you. Uh, if you'd like to look on Facebook, there's uh, a video that the youth put together with some detailed, a little bit of a detailed tour of what's going on with construction. But what wasn't in there is that we have torn into the sanctuary and we hope to have the sanctuary done by uh, April 30th. Um, and so you can help us by praying for that, uh, that the progress would go, that it would be safe and um, we wouldn't find any surprises and the sanctuary would be finished uh, by the time we get back together. So again, way to go on that and uh, continue to pray for us. Uh, don't forget to join us on Sunday nights on Facebook Live for uh, going through the growing notes. I think we're calling it the DB Cafe, uh, but nevertheless, it's a great time to connect and to uh, share your comments and ask your questions uh, going through the growing notes and we're gonna continue to do that. Uh, Finally, I just want to say that this coronavirus thing, uh, it doesn't change the fact that the tomb is empty, that the resurrection is real, because the resurrection is the foundation of all the hope that we have for not only today, but for tomorrow and into eternity. So we pray that that reality just hits you uh, right in the heart this weekend as you celebrate and do church by listening to the church service. And uh, you just uh, find this newfound reality that Christ is risen and, uh, and that we are his children. And um, man, he is just such an amazing God. And that reality just blows my mind. So we love you. We miss you. We can't wait to get back together to, with you. And um, again, have a great resurrection weekend celebrating that with your friends and your family. So God bless. He is risen, Desert Breeze. Good to see you guys. Let's worship our Savior, Jesus Christ, on this joyous Easter. I was buried my shame. Who could carry that kind away? It was my Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was my turn Till I met you 
we praise you that you have risen. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray together. Amen. Happy Resurrection Sunday, Desert Breeze. Good to have you with us. We welcome you on this fantastic weekend. And uh, I'm excited you're with us because we're starting a brand new teaching series this weekend, Unshakable Identity. And the first characteristic of our unshakable identity is new creation, which is a brand new life. It's based on the texts. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. I want to start off with a hypothetical story here. Imagine your parents are mean and critical, and you have always been a disappointment to them and they to you. Now, I, I realize that some of you don't have to imagine that because that's very true for you. And, uh, but just imagine that's where you are. But then one day, you find a dusty trunk in the attic. You quietly pick the lock, open the trunk, and discover papers that prove you had been abducted as a baby. These aren't your parents after all. Why, they're criminals. And so you discover that your real mom was a painter at the Sorbonne in Paris, and your real dad was a Nobel Prize-winning scientist and a professional baseball player. And you say to yourself, of course, this explains everything. I'm extraordinary. I knew it all along. And so you also read that they are fabulously wealthy and have a lavish inheritance, a lavish inheritance waiting for you. Now, I know, I know, it's a, it's a fantastic story, but I think you get the point. Such a discovery would cause you to reinterpret everything about your life, where you, come, where you came from, your identity, your capacities, your capabilities, the resources available to you, your future, and your destiny. And after that day, your life would never be the same. Well, that story is a dim glimpse of our new identity in Christ. If you have your notes, take a look at the intro to this study. It starts off by saying, everyone is building their identity on something. Everyone that is watching this, everyone that is not watching this, we're all building our identity identity on something. Our identity is what gives us meaning. It answers the question, what are you living for? But it also gives us worth, and that answers the question, how well are you doing? Now, identity, apart from God, is fundamentally unstable. Just think about that. If you build your life on a created thing as opposed to the creator in time, you're going to lose that created thing. But if you build your identity upon the creator, it will sustain you through losses and gains and highs and lows in your life. So identity apart from God is fundamentally unstable. Understanding our identity in Christ will give us an unshakable identity of meaning and worth that all the success in this world cannot give to you and all the suffering in this world can't take from you. And so... We're going to begin by reading. I've asked my sweet girl to read for us our text. She's going to come on up, and uh, she's going to read 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Very good. Thank you very much. And so let's, let's dive into our, our outline. Let's unpack that uh, text and let's work through it. And so a new creation with a brand new life, what does that mean, first of all? That means you're born again. In fact, remember in our text a couple of weeks ago when we talked about a faith that overcomes fear, uh, one of the verses there, 1 John 5, 4, everyone who is born of God or born again overcomes the world. So to be born again, you must hear the gospel, and then in hearing the gospel, you need to respond through repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. So the gospel, as you probably uh, heard in our text, it's packed full of the gospel. It's, it's actually amazing text. And the gospel, let me just summarize uh, all of that, that uh, the gospel is the good news that God has reconciled us to himself by sending his son to die in our place for our sins and all who repent and believe in him have everlasting life. And so when you repent and believe in him, you see salvation is a posture of repentance and faith that you begin in a moment and maintain for the rest of your life. So a new creation with a brand new life gives us a new passion, a new perspective, a new power, and a new purpose. That's where we're headed with this study. So let's take a look at that first one. So a, a new creation with a brand new life gives us a new passion. That's based on our text, verses 14 and 15. Now, passion is what makes us come alive, vibrant, active, and creative. Without passion, you're going to be a boring person. Without passion, you're not living, you're just existing. Without passion, you won't be able to truly enjoy the good days and endure the bad days. And I'm, I'm convinced of this. I believe that Christians should be the most passionate people on the planet. Why is that? Well, Right here, there's three reasons it's from our text. First of all, because Christ's love transforms our hearts. Christ's love transforms our hearts. That's based on verse 14. That's the very first of our text. For the love of Christ controls us. You hear what uh, Paul is saying here? The love of Christ controls us, us, uh, captivates us, compels us. You see, fear and pride can restrain the will, but only Christ's love can transform the heart. And so as Christians, our hearts have been smitten by the beauty and the glory of who Jesus is and what he has done for us to the point that it ruins us for anything else. And so the first reason why we're passionate is because Christ's love transforms our heart. The second reason is because Christ's death frees us from sin's penalty and power. That's based on verse 14b. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, that's Christ, therefore all have died. It's, it's really talking about the substitutionary atonement of our Savior. And so... It sets us free from sin's penalty? Yes, absolutely. Our sins will never be held against us. That is amazing. But also, it sets us free from sin's power. You see, the power of sin's promise is broken by the power of God's promise. So sin offers a promise of happiness, but when you begin to realize that God's offer of happiness is so much greater 
than anything that is offered to you from sin, then you begin to go after him. And in fact, the best way to overcome sin is to be so happy in Christ that sin loses its appeal. You want to study more on this, it's found in Romans 8, 1 through 4 is, is, is a good cross-reference and, and a good commentary on what we're saying here. And, so, and here's the third, the third reason for our passion. So the first one is because of Christ's love. The second one is through Christ's death. And then the third one, because Christ's resurrection gives us a new life to live for his glory. That's based on verse 15. It says, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Did you notice that last part of that verse? So, but for him, so, um, so he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised from the dead. Here's a good commentary on that to better understand this idea of his resurrection. Uh, Romans 6, 4, listen to these words. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. He's really talking about this whole idea of conversion, being born again. And then, of course, if you're familiar with water baptism, water baptism is a, it's, it's a dramatization, it's a demonstration, it's a declaration of your faith in Christ and in his substitutionary atonement for us. Atonement is a great word. It means at one moment. In other words, we have been reconciled to God through the death of Jesus Christ. He died in our place for our sins. And so we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so, new creation with a brand new life gives us a new passion because of the love, death, and resurrection of Christ. Here's the second thing that uh, this new life, uh, new creation, brand new life gives us is a new perspective, and that's based on verse 16. And uh, listen to what he says here. For now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh... What in the world does he mean by that? Well, that means according to worldly values and standards. And, and he goes on and he says, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, according to worldly values and standards, we regard him thus no longer. Now, the typical sentiment in the first century about Jesus was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? John 1:46. And of course, the cross was the full expression of the world's feelings towards him. And, and so that's what Paul is saying. I don't regard Christ according to the flesh. I regard him according to who he is and what he's come to do for us. Uh, listen to what Paul says in another place. It's 1 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. He says, but with me... It is a very small thing that I should be judged. The word judged there is verdict. So it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. By any human court. And then he goes on and he says, uh, in fact, I do not even judge myself. So he's helping us with our perspective. We have a new perspective and so I don't even judge myself. I don't even live by my own values and standards. For I am not aware of anything against myself. He says, I've got a clear conscience. But I am not there, thereby acquitted. Even though I might have a clear conscience, it's, it is the Lord who judges me. It is the Lord who brings the verdict that is true about me. And so in this new perspective that we have, it, it, it begins with, and this is the next couple fill in the blanks on your notes, you no longer regard yourself or others from worldly standards and values. That's the point that he's getting at. So if, if you ever, if you absolutely ever feel superior or inferior to anyone, it is evidence that you are living by worldly values and standards. 
You see, the gospel eliminates superiority. It eliminates pride because you were so sinful, Jesus had to die for you. There was no other way. But it also eliminates inferiority or fear because he loved you so much he wanted to die for you. So it gives us a humble confidence. And, uh, and so that's how we live. Listen to Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Uh, he helps us to understand this whole new perspective. He says, let not the wise man boast of his uh, wisdom or the rich man boast of his riches or the strong man boast of his strength, but let him who boasts, do you know what it is? Boast that he knows God, that he knows God. And so what Jeremiah is saying is that the smartest, strongest, wealthiest people in this world with its standards and values have nothing, absolutely nothing on those who know God. Here's the next thing this new perspective is about. That takes us uh, to that next fill in the blank. You begin to see that the only eyes in the universe that matters sees you to the bottom and loves you to the heavens. The God of the galaxies loves you adores you, gave his life for you. That is amazing. That's breathtaking. And, and so in Christianity, the verdict comes before the performance. In all other religions, the performance comes before the verdict. And here's the verdict coming from God. Matthew 3.17. This is what should be ringing in your soul every day. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was what was spoken over Jesus and because of the substitutionary atonement, he took our place and all of our sins were placed on him and now we are clothed in his righteousness and those words are for us. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. All Christians are considered firstborn sons of God. That's an amazing thought. Firstborn sons had special family privileges and inheritance that no one else had in those days. Now, let me give you a quick illustration here. A few years ago, I had some friends ask me to counsel one of their employees in their business. It happened to be a business that, that Nancy was working at at the time. And apparently, this employee had showed up for work with a gun very upset because his girlfriend had left him. And it was a very frightening situation. And so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll see him, but could you make sure that he doesn't have a gun when he comes over to see me? And so uh, they sent him over, and I sat down with him. I listened to him. I grieved with him. I found out that he was a Christian. He told me that he was a Christian. And so with that, I tried to remind him of the innumerable, glorious riches we have in Christ. And it was almost as if he couldn't hear me or really see, see any of that because he basically said to me, what good is all of that? All of that meaning the glorious riches of Christ. What good is, what good is all of that if she never comes back? I was stunned, and uh, I just thought, man, he, he didn't seem to have this new perspective. You see, all the rejection in this world cannot compare to the acceptance, security, and significance that we have in Christ Jesus. And in fact, when you see that the one who is for you is greater than anything that is against you, then you'll be able to overcome all the sin and suffering in this life. You will always, now listen to me, you will always lose heart when you lose sight of all you have in Jesus. Let me say that again. You will always, always lose heart. There's a lot of people losing heart right now. You don't need to lose heart as long as you, you don't lose your sight of who Christ is and what he's done for you. And, and so keep that in mind. So a new creation with a brand new life gives us a new passion, a new perspective, and now number three, a new power. That's based on verse 17. This is really the key verse of this, this whole study. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So what is the old that has passed away? Well, it's right here. Next, fill in the blank on your notes. To overcome hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So he gives us a power to overcome hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Nancy shared with me a, a funny video this last week of a man who was going to be quarantined because of the coronavirus and was asked what would he choose between two options? A, quarantine with your wife and children, or B, and before he even knew what B was, he blurted out, I choose B. It was very humorous, very funny uh, video. And with all of this stay-at-home time, I can't help but think that maybe there are some husbands and wives that are kind of running out of patience with each other, or maybe it's not your spouse. It could be just with those kids uh, in your home. And so my son said to me this last week, one of my sons said to me, with all of this stay-at-home time, some are predicting at the end of this there will be a baby boom and a higher divorce rate. So if you don't think that you have hurts, habits, and hang-ups, then you're in denial. And all you need to do is ask those who are closest to you. They would be very happy to let you know about those things. But, but, but the power, so he gives us this power to overcome those hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And uh, if we're humble enough to hear about those from those that are closest to us. Listen to this verse, Romans 8.11. It's a great verse about this power working in us. Romans 8.11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, think about that, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Oh my goodness, that's amazing, that's beautiful. We have the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, and he dwells within us, and he will make alive our mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in us. Here's the next thing, so it's not just, he doesn't just give us power to overcome hurts, habits, and hang-ups, so all things have passed away, but all things have become new. What is that all things have become new? Well, it means to... to to be, to be what he wants you to be and to do what he wants you to do. So our being has to do with our character and our doing has to do with our conduct. So, so it's our doing, it's our conduct always comes out of our being, out of our character. If you don't like uh, your doing, if you don't like your conduct, if you don't like how you're responding to the circumstances of life, the difficulties of life, the pain and suffering of life, then you don't change your conduct, you need to change your character. And so if you don't like your doing, then change your being, your character. And the way that you change your character is by not focusing on being like Jesus as much as you focus on being with Jesus, because you see, the more you are with Jesus, the more you will become like Jesus, and we become like those we hang out with. My wife and I, since we've been doing this kind of stay-at-home routine, we have been binging on Jesus, and oh my goodness, we have had some really sweet times together as we, we continue to just get to know Christ more through his word and through through Bible study. Here's another verse that helps us with this power. It talks about the power that we have as a new creation. Uh, 2 Peter 1.3, it says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his glory and goodness. So as we grow in intimacy with God, we begin to realize he's called us by his glory and goodness, and then we have everything we need. His power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So this new creation with a brand new life gives us a new passion, a new perspective, a new power. Old things have passed away, all things have become new, and, and this is where we wrap it up, is a new purpose based on verses 18 
and 21, a new purpose. Um, this is what you need to always be reminded of. You, you were not created to get your identity from created things. Talked about that at the front end of this as we were started uh, working through this text. But you were not created to get your identity from created things such as your career or money or possessions or your, or your singleness or your being married or you having kids. Because created things are temporary. And, and you don't want to base your future on that which won't exist in the future. But you were created to get your identity from your creator. You were created by God for God to give glory to God. And God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And, and so what does that mean? It, means? it means two things. The next couple fill in the blanks on your notes. It means, so this new purpose, so you exist, you draw air into your lungs, and, and you have another day to live to know God and to make him known. Let's take that first one, to know God. It's based on verses uh, 18 and 19 of our text. And he says this, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So what do those verses say? What does that mean to know God? Well, both of these, to know God and to make him known, really uh, fit really well into our 5G process here of full devotion to Jesus Christ. We have a 5G process of discipleship that we help people through. And so this first statement, to know God, it, it matches perfectly with two of those uh, G statements or G words, genuine, a genuine Christian, a growing Christian. To know God means that you are a genuine Christian, a growing Christian. In other words, a genuine Christian is someone who is walking with God, and a growing Christian is someone who's living his word. And so to know God, this is why you exist, it's to know God, and then here's the second one, to make him known. That's based on verses 20 through 21. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him, that is Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so the next two G's, this matches the next two G's in our 5G process of full devotion to Jesus Christ. So you are a genuine Christian, a growing Christian, and now you are a giving Christian and a going Christian. Uh, a giving Christian is one who contributes to, to his work through your local church family. And a going Christian is that you want to make a difference in the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do all of this for, here's the fifth G, for God's glory. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. Nothing will give you greater joy than living to know God and make him known. So, you see, you really have been abducted at birth by the God of this world, Satan. That's true about all of us on planet Earth. But through repentance and faith in Christ, you have been born again and adopted by the true and living God and are a new creation with a brand new life. Now next weekend, we're gonna take the next characteristic of this uh, of this unshakable identity and it's that we are free so we're a new creation and uh, which means we have a brand new life and that we are free that's that's who we are we are free because we are redeemed by the son we'll be covering romans chapter 8 i would encourage you to read that uh on your own this week i'll tell you what that is an amazing chapter you're going to absolutely love that chapter we're going to work through that whole chapter next weekend 
And so don't forget Desert Breeze Cafe, Sunday night, April 12th. That's uh, on Sunday night, April 12th at 6 p.m. on Facebook Live. We'll be working through our growing notes with a few of our, our leaders and pastors. So we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Repent and believe in him as we now pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. So Father God, thank you that by grace through faith in Christ we are born again and become a new creation with a brand new life. And, and, this, and this brand new life gives us a new passion to enjoy life and live for you a new perspective to to see that if you're for us, nothing can stand against us. And it gives us a new power to overcome hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and to be what you want us to be and to do what you want us to do. And it gives us a new purpose, a purpose to know you and to make you known. And so help us to live more and more in the reality of our unshakable identity in Christ. And uh, we pray these things for your glory, in our joy, in Jesus' beautiful name, and everyone said, amen. Uh, were you going to join me? Come on. Come on up here. I thought you were going to join me. Oh, I was waiting for you to ask me. Oh, I, you were waiting for an invitation? <laughs> yes. Okay, sorry. We love you guys very much. We miss you, and we hope to see you soon. Mm -hmm. God Happy bless Easter. you.